evening to one and all here tonight and to those joining with us on our podcast service. Uh, welcome to the House of God here at Christian Outreach Centre here in Charters Towers. Great to see you in the house. Wonderful. And uh, we're all here to grow in God and I trust that you, and uh, I trust that grow you will, amen? We're here that we will grow. And so, uh, but I declare expectation in the house tonight. I declare miracles in the house of God tonight. I declare faith in the house of God tonight. I declare a garrison of angelic hosts and chorus in formation around us here in the house tonight. The Bible is the ultimate and the final authority. And it says in Job twenty-two twenty-eight, it says, You shall declare a thing and it shall be established for you, so light will shine on your ways. I wonder what we would be speaking if we truly believe that for our lives, amen? But to declare a thing as I have just done, saying, I declare, I declare, is but one spiritual principle that God has given to us in his word. And to demonstrate another spiritual principle, listen to what Reinhard Bonnke preached in his crusade in Nigeria some years ago before some 900,000 people. You think that's a lot. He's had crusades up to a million and a half people. Awesome sight to see. But he said in his thick German accent, it was fantastic to hear. He says, if you're hungry, only eat. If you're thirsty, only drink. If you are tired, only sleep. And if you want a miracle from God, Jesus said, only, 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 only believe. Awesome. So if you want a miracle from God, the Bible says, only believe. Why? Because as long as you have a heartbeat in your chest, and I was called up to the hospital this week to pray for somebody, who was not to long live long. But as long as you have a heartbeat in your chest and breath in your lungs, you have a capacity to believe. And God has ordained that it is by believing that all his promises are made available to each and every one of us here today. This is another spiritual principle or spiritual act. And the Bible is filled with spiritual laws by which the king and his kingdom operate. God is a God of order, and his kingdom is and does operate through these laws. Just as God has created physical laws by which the natural world operates, and uh, the law of gravity is one such law, and a casual walk over a cliff will convince you of its reality, amen? The law of gravity will kick in real quick, amen? Who's ever fallen off a roof? The law of gravity kicks in real quick. So believing is the doing word. It's the verb of the same word called faith. And faith and believing are one and the same. I'd like tonight to share with you some bite-sized principles of faith. And it's by no means comprehensive, but line upon line... The life of faith is built. So you may say, Jeff, well, we've talked about faith on a number of occasions, and that is true. And I put it, I put it to you this way. Paul explained the revision process this way. In Philippians 3.1, he says, For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. What he was getting at is repetition is a keynote of learning. Amen. In old school schools, repetition was big when you were learning the three R's. Remember that? Three ones are three, three twos are six, three threes are nine. And they say, oh, we've done away with that. We've moved beyond that now. And none of them can do once one is one and two times two is four. But anyway, but in addition to that, all the things apprehended through the promises of God are obtained through this divine faculty of faith. So we know that there's about 33,000 promises, but to obtain any one of those promises is through this faculty of faith. So how important is faith? 
Faith being the conduit connecting the great storehouse of heaven to you and I here today. And there is an over and an abundance of supply in the storehouse of heaven. The Lord owns a cattle on a thousand hills. As I've said before, we need not be vegetarians. So an understanding of some of these principles will help our walk of faith or our faith walk as we are in, in fact called to walk by faith. I, I pray that you write down some of these keynote scriptures here today, and a set, which is 2 Corinthians 5, 7. So when you and I apply these spiritual principles to your life, to situations, to circumstances, and the outlook on life can dramatically change for you and for those whom you are believing for through this realm and faculty of faith. Why? Because faith is the status quo changer. Amen? Who likes the status quo? It's okay if it's abundance, but if it's not, if you're having a lack of tact, you're in poverty, you're in sickness and all these things, who wants the status quo? We need something to change the status quo, and faith is ordained by God to change your current situation. Faith is the game changer. Amen? When you get a keynote player on the, on the field, some people are game changers, amen? It can be just a sports as usual until somebody with a phenomenal ability comes in and they're game changers. But faith is like that. If you're stuck in a hole, faith is the ladder, amen? Who wants to be stuck in a hole? Well, faith is that ladder for you. If you're out on a limb, faith brings balance and stability. If you're out in the deep treading water, faith is your airlift. It's your life raft, and if you feel like going under, faith is your jet ski, you, uh, is the jet ski for you. You feel like you're going under the waves, but faith will take you from going under the wave to riding the wave. How good is that? Faith will allow you to ride the wave instead of you going under the wave. Peter found that out real quick, didn't he? But is there anybody in the house tonight or listening online who needs a faith activator and booster? before the winter sets in. Amen? Who wants a faith booster? That's what you need. You need Psalm 91, don't you? Go and get your booster shot. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff, isn't it? But the title of my message tonight is Bite-Sized Principles of Faith. And so Paul writes in uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, write these down. These are a good comprehensive scriptures but God has dealt to each one a measure or metron of faith. So faith is in you and it's yours. It's personal. You and I each have been dealt a measure of faith. People say, I have no faith. But that doesn't line up with Scripture. The Bible says that you have been dealt a measure of faith. 2 Thessalonians 1.3. Fantastic. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because... Your faith grows exceedingly. How good is that? Your faith grows exceedingly. So he was bragging about them that their faith was growing exceedingly. So this measure of faith that you have been dealt, each and every one of us, as promised by the word of God, can grow exceedingly. So it is your faith. It's your possession. It's not inherited. It's not purchased with silver nor gold. But it is given to you. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So it is through by the grace of God, through faith, that you actually receive salvation. Isn't it amazing? Hebrews 11 6 is a, is a, is a great scripture, but it condemns a lot of people who are not operating in faith. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, that being God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So pleasing God means that we need to have faith. And, uh, and it says in Romans 4, 3, and Romans chapter 4 is a great chapter in the Bible on faith. Write it down and go through Hebrews Hebrews 11, Romans chapter 4, go through those chapters all together. Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. But it says in Romans 4, 3, Abraham believed God 
and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And so God was well pleased with Abraham because he had faith. Amen? So when we don't demonstrate faith or have faith, uh, uh, we, don't, uh, we don't please God. But th- does God have a charge against us if we, you and I have no faith and are not pleasing, therefore, to God? You say, I don't have faith for that. But God has said, but if God has placed within our means and hands the ability whereby faith can be produced or obtained, then the responsibility of having faith rests squarely on our own shoulders. Amen? God has said that you should have something, and he says he, he, ex, he expects us then to exercise our faith to see that promise apprehended. The absence of faith is not pleasing to God. We just read that. Because he being God has told us in the plainest of terms how to obtain faith. And it says faith can come your way. Romans 10, 17 puts us this way, and we know this scripture. It says, so then, meaning here is the conclusion of the matter. On that whole chapter, here is the conclusion of the matter. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith is available to each and every one of us. The New American Standard Version adds, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And you think, well, what's the difference there? And I see a very, very clear difference in that Christ is the anointed word. Remember that? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh in John 1.14 and dwelt amongst us. But Christ is the anointed. He's the Word, but He is the anointed Word. So it is an anointed Word of God. The Word of God or the Bible preached with an anointing has an ability and capacity to impart faith. Amen? If it is uh, preached in a religious tradition and format, it does not have the ability if it has no anointing to impart faith to the believer. So the absence of faith in our lives is not God's fault. A lot of people want to blame God. They say, I don't have faith. It's not my problem. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault, which is the national pandemic of this generation. Amen? Not my fault. But God has provided the way and the means which everybody can have faith to live the victorious life that Christ has uh, well, to what, that's what he died for. We are told in Habakkuk 2.14 that not only are we to have faith, but that we are to live by faith. That changes the whole thing, isn't it? So this whole faith living and faith walk is a daily, hourly, and minute-by-minute activity. We say the Word of God is a two-edged sword, and so... The word of God and faith are inextricably intertwined. And so this two-edged sword is God spoke it in Genesis chapter 1, but we are called, as I said with that opening scripture, we are called to declare the word of God. So God declares his word, and that's one edge of the sword, and then we declare his word, and that's the other edge of the sword. And so the sword of the Spirit is a two-edged sword, amen. Powerful sword, powerful sword. God spoke it, we declare it. Romans 10, verse 8 and 10. Actually, I'll quickly go to that. Uh, So in, in regard to your faith scriptures, write that one down. Romans chapter 10 and verses 8 to 10. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So whenever you see the the word faith, also the word word referring to the word of God is always very, very close by. Faith and the word of God are inextricably entwined. And verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe, which is the verb of faith, in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Here we go, verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Powerful faith scriptures. These sort of scriptures, when you begin to meditate them, go through that sequence of scriptures which I've shown you, 
And you'll begin to see your situation change when you begin to apply these uh, scriptures to your life. And you think, uh, well, I believe God has impressed on my heart to believe for this. And you think there's no way in the world that I can. It's just too big. And I've said it before. God did not ask you to pay for it. God asked you to believe for it. Amen? We're beginning to believe and are beginning to solidify in my imagination a new Sunday school and a bit of a new youth center out on this property here. That's why I'm cutting down those mango trees. I'm beginning to visualize what God is wanting to do. Our job is not to do and carry out our own vision. Our job is to seek what God's vision is for this church and then apprehend what he has for us. Amen? But I'm beginning to solidify this picture of what God is wanting us to believe. And there are so many things we need to believe for. 12,000 people here in the Charters Towers, and you've got less than 150 in church. We need to get in some believing, amen? How can we be content to stay away from other believers and come together corporately to pray? Hope says, I will have, have it some time. In other words, it's a bit of a pipe dream. Who's heard of pipe dreams? Who's heard of a pipe dream? A pipe dream is a bit of a colloquial saying. You know, somebody who has pipe dreams, they're always having visions, they're always having pictures, but there's no action associated with it. And if it just becomes a, a gonna be or gonna do something. So, but hope is a little bit like that, but there are stepping stones to the substance of faith. Hope says, I will have it sometime. Faith says, I have it now. So hope, is, hope and vision are both futuristic, but faith is active and faith is now. Hope, vision, faith, trust, they're the sort of stepping stones that I naturally see in the Word of God. You can have a hope, you can have a vision, and you keep believing, hold fast, a confession of your hope without wavering, and he who promised is faithful, and it kicks over into faith, and faith has got substance, and that's when you know we're going to be putting in foundations and building these Sunday schools. Amen? Oh, that, that's a transition. Romans 10.8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Amen? So, so that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In the same manner, every other miracle from God, which is through faith, is appropriated the same way. The confession of the mouth and the believing in your heart will see your healing. We'll see supernatural provision. We'll see you get out of bankruptcy, amen? You could be technically bankrupt, but a miracle from God can see you transition once again into prosperity. Believe, faith in a believing heart can transfer you from hopelessness into hopefulness and then a stepping stone into faith. So the correlation between faith and the word and the word and faith is inextricably intertwined. And I see myself, you say, a person of faith is also a person of the word. You will, you will almost never see a person of faith who is not a student of the word of God. And so a person of faith is also a person of the word, and a person of the word is also a person of faith. You want to become a person of faith? Be a person of the word. And, uh, and you will be the living, breathing word of God. You are a walking You are walking testimony of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10.8 refers to the word of faith. It literally says to about the word of faith. There it goes, side by side, the word and faith inextricably. You see, this book here has an amazing ability as you begin to read it to impart faith to the reader. It just does that. If you've got a good heart before God, you just begin to read it, and you read it very literally. You can read it as a child. And I have found that the more literal that you actually read the Word of God, the more faith will be imparted into your life. And so in uh, Mark eleven twenty two, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And so there's, very, there's lots of positive uh, preaching out there. There's lots of positive messages out there. There's lots of talk about uh, uh, having faith in faith itself. And there was a lot of books in the 60s and 70s and those sorts of things, positive thinking types of books. 
where they remove God and put in self. And so you're believing in yourself, you're believing in your ability, you're believing in your intellect, you're believing in your PhD, you're believing in your natural abilities. But the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. So the object of your faith is always in God. We're not this new age sort of thing where we just have faith in faith itself. And a lot of people say, oh, I have faith. Oh, yes, I believe, I believe. But they believe in themselves. And the Bible certainly does never, ever, ever teach that. Mark eleven twenty three. Let me just go there for just one moment. If you've got it there, Mark eleven twenty three. Just bear with me while I turn to that scripture. And you'll see in Mark chapter nine and chapter ten. Jesus is using some, his terminology is changing in Mark, uh, let me see, in Mark chapter 9, there it is in verse 23. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So that word there, believe, pistis in the Greek, is the same as uh, faith in the Greek. And so there it is there. If you can believe, so this is written in red, it's, it's Jesus speaking. He speaks again also in uh, Mark 10, 27. Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. People say the days of miracles are past, but this scripture Jesus said all things are possible with God. You see, the day of miracles is not past, because the God of miracles hasn't passed. Amen? He was yesterday, today, and forever. Mark eleven twenty two. Let's go to this scripture, powerful scripture. Put it in with the rest of those faith scriptures. Have faith in God. This is Jesus speaking once again. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. In a nutshell, then it says, whosoever can have whatsoever. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And so the place of receiving is the place of faithful prayer. Amen? It's already established. Faith is present. When you see that possession coming to you, whatever you're believing for, prayer makes it a present tense. So quickly, uh, faith is a substance, and Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, that substance, uh, the Amplified Bible, speaks of a title deed. Faith is like a title deed. When you have a title deed for a property, it means that it is legally yours. When you have faith to believe for something, say health for a loved one, and faith kicks in, you obtain that title deed and it makes it legally yours in the realm of the spirit. Faith is a spiritual activity and when, when you believe it, that is when you receive it, amen? Faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That person is still sick, but faith is kicked in and you believe God, you're apprehended his word and you say, yes, I believe it. And you begin to see the transition and you'll see healing come. Amazing. The Moffat translation says, we are confident of what we hope for, and it throws in the word convinced, convinced of its reality. So real and quickened is the word of God to you, you believe it, and therefore you shall receive it. I'm not talking about blab it and grab it, sort of talking, talking like that. I'm not. I'm talking a confession of the word of God believing that he is God, amen? That gives God credit for who he is. The New English translation says, now faith is giving substance to things hoped for. So faith then is a substance which you either have or you don't. And if you don't have faith, it means that you are not pleasing to God and Abraham was credited being righteousness because he believed God. When you begin to believe God, believe his word, you become very, very, oh, God just loves it. He's, there's one of my sons. 
He's believed. Who, who, when you were about three or four or five years old, looked up to his father's eyes and said, oh, Dad, I don't believe you can provide for my, minute, um, my breakfast in the morning? Who ever thought that as a kid? You had a faith in your mum and dad and just believed that dinner was going to be served. You didn't have to work for it. You didn't have to do anything. You were in a sandpit. But you believed because your father provided. Amen? That was in his job description. So once again, the object of our faith is God, Mark eleven twenty two, And the other one says in Romans 12, 3, each one has been dealt a measure of faith. These are all snapshots of faith tonight. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3 says, faith can grow exceedingly. So you have been dealt a measure of faith, and it's a bit like a muscle. A lot of times the muscle tissues actually don't multiply, but they just do grow. I believe faith is a bit like that. Everybody has been dealt enough faith for his life. What you do with that faith, if it grows, depends on if you exercise it. Resistance training, which a butterfly gets when it gets out of its cocoon, which a little, which a little bird gets exercised when it breaks out of its egg, it's a resistance training. But it's necessary to develop wings for that little bird. In fact, without that exercise, that little baby chicken would have died. Amen? Resistance training in the realm of the spirit and in your believing is necessary. Why? Because there are bigger things coming your way which you will need a measure of faith that has been growing. Amen? Resistance training when you go to the gym causes muscles to tear, causes some pain, but then they fill with blood repair and they grow. Such is the realm of faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes. Faith can come your way, amen? You begin to believe and you will receive. Number six, according to your faith, be it under you. How many times did Jesus say that? According to your faith. So if you believe you can't, well, then you can't. If you believe you can, well, what can stop you? Amen? People with sometimes very limited resources and acumen and intellect can do incredible things. Why? They didn't see the obstacles. They just saw the end product, their vision. They saw it finished. Amen? According to your faith. How many times did Jesus say that? When Jesus returns, he will be looking for faith. Remember that? He says that in Luke 18, 8. And you say, will it, when the Lord returns, will he find faith? And you say, why? Because it's not easy to find. <laughs> Amen? Why is Jesus looking for faith? Because it's often hard to find. Even in the church, a, a good, solid men and women of faith are really quite rare. But they should not be rare. They, everybody should be working and expanding till the day the Lord brings them home. Ever increasing faith. Amen? There is also a work of faith, 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we are to walk by faith. Habakkuk 2, 4, we are to live by faith. And that was the scripture that, um, oh, that, that kicked off uh, Martin Luther in 1517. On the 31st of October, he, he slammed 95 theses on the castle door in Germany. Amen? And the scripture that took the people and all of Europe into the Reformation, which brought about a revival of religion throughout the whole of the West. Amen? The just shall live by faith. Amen? We are called to live, but not just to have faith, but to walk by faith, to live by faith. Romans 4.17, faith calls those things that aren't as though they are. And so a person of faith, a, f a person of unbelief will say, I'll, 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 uh, when I see it, I believe it. But a person of faith will say, I believe it, therefore I will see it. You see the difference? And that is a declaration in itself. Amen? So I can see these, these Sunday school here. I can see a youth centre there. I can see a bit of a new toilet block there. I'm knocking down some mango trees, making a bit of a way, clearing a few gardens, and I'm opening it up because I'm beginning to see what the Lord wants to do. Do I have the entire picture? No, the Lord often only shows us one step of the staircase at a time, but it doesn't stop me 
from taking the step. A lot of people want to see all the steps out late, but often life is, life is not like that. Sometimes you think, well, that's a step in the dark, but it's not. Living by faith is a step in the light, and it is a glorious way to live. It's, a, it's an adventurous way to live. It brings out the pioneering spirit in us all, which shouldn't be too hard for us out here in the towers. And so uh, Romans 4.17, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which did not exist as though they did. Resurrection power is God's specialty. He raised Jesus from the dead for you and I that we would have eternal life. Perhaps there's some dead things in your life and you need some resurrection power. You and I can begin to call into being the things that aren't as though they are and begin to declare the word of the Lord over your situation. Two years ago, Jules and I went down to Brisbane and we thought we were called into itinerant ministry. And for two years, we looked for a house to purchase, but we could not. There was always an obstacle. There was always something. There was always... It just didn't happen. doesn't matter how hard we looked. We went to open houses, weekend after weekend after weekend after weekend, until I got sick of looking. And then I said, let's stop. The blessing of heaven is not on it. But what we did is we then we made a, a list, and I've got it right in front of me. This is one of my scripture workbooks. I sit down with my Bible at, in the morning, I open up my Bible and I pick up a pen because I'm ready for God to speak to me and to write it down. That's how I read the Bible. But Jules and I, we sat down and said, what sort of house would you like, Jules? And we made up this list. It's a magnificent list. And if I know uh, the church, our church family came around to our house the other day and uh, it was just a joy for us, for the church family to come to our house and enjoy a meal. And we're going to do it again real soon. It was a good night, wasn't it, Jeff? We're going, to have a, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it some more. It was a great pleasure for us. Lydia, we want to see you there next time. And David was sick, I think, at the time. But as you read this list here, we did this. We made this list up long, long before we even knew we'd come to the towers. Seven or eight months before we even got here. And we wrote out this beautiful list. And if you read through this list, for those who have been to their home, you would think that we were describing the very, very home which we purchased. And for those who, who have seen our home, it is a little bit of a rare gem. It's got beautiful Jarrah timber work and stone bench tops, beautiful entertainment area, security screens, lighting and water everywhere you go, sealed pathways, driveways. It's got a formal garden. But all these things you can find on this list here right in front of me. And what we did is we prayed over this list. We declared it to be so before we even knew we were going to live here. Amen. It is the power of faith. And I, over my 30 odd years of being a Christian, I have seen, as in Habakkuk chapter 2, he says, write the vision. Vision is futuristic. Amen. But then vision becomes faith, amen? And then faith turns into trust. And before you know it, you're moving into a beautiful home. What are you believing for today? What are you believing for? There's somebody online needs to hear this message. I pray that more than hope is instilled into your life today, but faith is instilled. Faith is activated. And faith is real and faith is now. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person here in the house and for every single person listening online. And I pray, Lord, let the power of heaven, Father, come into people's situations. They're believing for loved ones for salvation. They're believing for breakthroughs in their finance. Some people are going under, could lose their homes right at this time. Many in Australia are in a dilemma over their finances and in the coming months as interest rates rise. There's people who have received doctor's reports and they need a miracle. The doctors have given them no hope, but you are the God of hope. You are Hatikva, the hope. Amen. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, 
that these people would tap into the realm of the Spirit, into the realm of faith. Faith will be activated, Father, and you would hear the cry of their heart, Father. You would hear the voice of faith. And God does not respond to need, but He does respond to faith. And Father, the resources of heaven would flood into these people's lives for whatever they need, Lord God, for their life tonight, this very night. Let it come now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Stay. 